Hello, this is Catherine Bisland, and you are listening to episode two of my podcast, From Confusion to Clarity. Firstly, thank you so much, everyone, for your support and for listening to my first podcast that I released just under two weeks ago. I truly, truly appreciate your support, and I truly appreciate the fact that you're willing to give up your very valuable time to listen to me and hopefully glean some insight from the things that I've been through that are helping me have a better life. I truly hope that that is what is happening for you. And so without further ado, let's get into my second podcast. I think I'm going to call this one being stuck. I've spent the last two and a half years being stuck. I kid you not completely and utterly stuck, unable to take significant action, unable to think great ideas into reality, unable to move forward with my dreams. And within these last two years, truthfully, I couldn't even tell you what my dreams were because I was too stuck to even see them in the first place. If you were to ask me, my mind would be blank. It began somewhere in 2018 And it hasn't been until recently that I've started to feel that spark of inspiration again. Like I can begin to move forward and slowly but surely I have a vision, I have some clarity and I have that gentle anticipation and excitement about where I am and where I see myself going. And it feels amazing because it feels like I have myself back a bit more every single day. Like my stuckness was a very strange experience for me. I've always been an action taker. I always considered myself someone who would make things happen and I deem myself a positive risk taker because I could take major risks uh, without having it all planned out or knowing what I was doing as long as I had that gut feeling deep inside me that the risk was positive and would be of benefit. Like, for example, I felt like that when after university, I went to the university at Buffalo um, and I was considered an international student uh, as I was from Canada. I'm from Canada. So when I graduated, they gave me a visa and I moved to New York City with no plan other than to stay with my aunt who lived 40 minutes outside of Manhattan by train and sleep on her floor because she had a one bedroom. And at that time, we weren't super close. And It must have seemed like to her that I called her out of the blue, but it was based on this vague memory I had of her telling me at one family function at one point in my life that I could stay with her if I ever needed to. So I took her up on it and she was wonderful and she accepted. And that was all I needed. The knowledge that she said at one time she would be there for me and the fact that I was getting a visa, so I should use it. And the knowledge that I was a dancer and dancers either lived in New York or LA. And since I didn't have a car and I heard that you need a car to live in LA, I decided on New York. So I took that positive risk and I moved there from Canada in the fall of 2002, even though I had no idea what I was doing, even though it was one year after 9-11 and even though I had no job and only a temporary place to stay. And it all worked out. Somehow everything aligned beautifully and it was one of the best things that I ever did. I grew so much and I became such a much more resilient and braver and stronger version of myself. But then 
fast forward 17 years later to me in the middle of my debilitating stuckness, and I have no idea who that brave, positive, risk-taking version of myself is. She seems like a complete stranger to me when I felt like this, when I'm feeling like this. The current version of me just can't, I can't wrap my head around this younger version of me and my ability to jump off the ledge without knowing what was below me to catch my fall. I remember trying to justify this feeling by saying it must have been because I was younger. You know, when you're 23, you can do anything, you know, you're young and dumb and you just go for it. But now, you know, 40, I know too much. I have too many responsibilities. I can't just do foolish things anymore. But in reality, I was lying to myself because I wasn't ready to handle what was actually going on with me. I wasn't ready to handle the fact that I faced intense fear every day when I tried to do normal things like leave the house on my own. That getting my newborn daughter ready to go out and putting her into her car seat so I could go to work caused me to sweat so profusely and breathe so shallowly that I had trouble catching my breath. Even though going to pick up some groceries without my partner to ensure my safety, like in quote safety, made me feel panicky. When I ran into those issues with clients at my job at the time, I started to hide from them to avoid seeing them because I just couldn't take their criticism that seemed to come every time I made myself vulnerable to them by being available to them. I was just trying to survive and I wasn't faring well. The only time I felt calm during that period was in my safe space my apartment with my partner and my baby. Something major was happening to me and I had two choices. I could start to ask questions or I could stay in my fear. And I stayed in my fear for a long time, but then it just got to be too much. So I started to ask. And the funny thing about finally asking is that answers just seem to come to you. They just seem to fall in your lap when you finally say enough is enough. What the hell is going on? Stuff just seems to come to you. It's incredible. It's almost as if when the pain of my fear that was based in anxiety became worse than my fear of stepping into the truth behind why it was happening, That was when I started to put little cracks into the giant blocks of cement around my feet and around my heart and around my mind. And I started to create some wiggle room. And I'd like to take this time to share with you some of the answers that came to me. You can only fill yourself up with so much unacknowledged past difficulties and pain before, as Led Zeppelin says, the levee breaks. Right before all of this began, this stuckness began, I went through a series of difficult life-changing events. I ended my eight-year marriage and and 13-year relationship after I finally admitted to the very real damage that was being done by staying together due to unhealthy interactions and two very different viewpoints on the purpose of life. I sold my dream home as a result of the relationship breakdown a home that made me feel accomplished, that I had made happen, made me feel as if I was living the dream, whatever that means. And I moved back in with my mom into my childhood home at 38. 
I faced being almost 39 and wanting to have a child now on my own, but not sure if it was, if I was too old or if it was even possible. And so I began the process of inquiring into that facet of my life. I had a business of 10 years that suddenly seemed to be crumbling at my feet, full of angry and dissatisfied customers that were drowning out the positive and supporting ones, which eventually led to a mass exodus of longtime loyal clients that left me absolutely brokenhearted, blindsided, and financially stressed to my limit. Then seemingly out of nowhere, I met the love of my life. I became pregnant and I gave birth to a beautiful, healthy daughter. And then COVID hit and I made the painful and difficult choice to close my business, which at this point was in its 12th year. So all of this happened within a three-year time span. It was a shitload of crap and blessings and some more crap. And it put me over the top. I mention all of these things. It's not to try to elicit sympathy from anyone because believe me, I know there are people that have so much more pain, so much more difficulty going on in their life. But from my experience, I was experiencing major, major life-altering experiences in rapid succession, rapid succession. And this doesn't happen without leaving some sort of repercussions. For me, it was the start of my mental fog and physical and emotional stuckness. And after two years of this, not being able to think clearly, not being able to see past the moment that I was in, not being able to have confidence and courage and just feeling so far away from who I really was, I finally couldn't take it anymore. And I started asking the important questions about what the hell was going on with me. I dove deeper into what was happening with me by studying intently and without filters what had preceded it, what had come right before. There had to be a correlation in my mind of this didn't just happen out of the blue. It happened. So what was right before it? And I thought back through all these things I went through and I couldn't help but begin to notice that my feelings of despair and betrayal and loss and trauma that I had gone through And even the joy of giving birth to my daughter, they still had one theme in common. I didn't feel safe. Right? I didn't feel safe. Feeling safe is a core fundamental of being a healthy person. You need to feel safe to express your authentic self, to create things in life that matter most to you, to thrive, to step into the potential that you are born with. When you don't feel safe, however that looks to each person, then you're not able to achieve any of these things because you're just trying to survive. And listen, I'm no stranger to feeling unsafe. I've been on high alert about my surroundings and the needs and the moods of the people around me for my entire life. Yet somehow, even though I was on high alert and aware of everybody else, I seemed to get by. I seemed to move forward in spite of feeling nervous and apprehensive and worried and fearful and cautious and basically like I wasn't safe the majority of the time. But this time, this stuckness was different. So why was that? I needed to know. And so I kept asking, I didn't hide from it. I kept asking, I'm like, what is going on? Why is this happening to me? What is causing this? And asking those questions opened the door to more answers to flow into my consciousness. 
And one of the most profound answers came to me through a brilliant trauma-informed business coach. And her name is Serena Maria, S-O-R-I-N-A Maria. And you can follow her on Instagram. Her handle is at mindful underscore tricks. And her website is mindfultricks.com. She's amazing. Before her, I had never even heard of a trauma-enforced business coach. She's phenomenal. Through her work, I learned about the two states of survival mode that result after experiencing repeated tumultuous situations in life, which she refers to as trauma, which also blew my mind because I had only ever considered trauma in its most extreme form. You know, somebody coming back from war and being in battle and seeing people die, you know, after Vietnam War, that's my idea of trauma. So she blew my mind that what I was going through was also trauma. And so the thoughts and the feelings that I experience when I'm in two states of these two states of survival mode can provide an indication of which survival mode I, I was in. So for the majority of my life, I've been operating in a state of fight or flight. And the thoughts that always accom- accompanied it were based in urgency. Like, and it sucked. And I always felt a ton of stress and anxiety as demanding, relentless negative thoughts would swirl in my head. But at least I could hide that from people and I could still operate what appeared to be normally in society. And I did that for years. But when this last period hit me, when I tried to shove on top of all the other crap I had been through in life and not really dealt with, these intense life changes that I mentioned without dealing with them or feeling any of the feelings really that the situations were causing, it just became too much for me. And I entered the second state of survival, shut down. I shut down and I became completely defeated. I felt so unsafe that I just couldn't do anything. The, you know, really unqualified fear of being attacked verbally, emotionally, and mentally, even though it maybe wasn't true, it just became so overwhelming to me that even the simple act of leaving my house made me feel terrified unless I had, like I said before, my partner there to, you know, quote unquote, protect me. (laughs) And I was ashamed during this time when I realized this, I was ashamed that I had let it get to this. But if I'm honest, I was also relieved to finally know why, to finally have some sort of answer as to why I was so stuck, so incapable of moving forward, why it seemed impossible to pick myself up like I had done in the past and dust myself off and start over again. I had pushed things aside so much to, as uh, the Brits say, keep calm and carry on to the point of entering the shutdown state of survival. I had ignored myself, my feelings, my grief, my pain, even my joy. (laughs) And the only way out was to have compassion for myself and make the time to finally start feeling. And I knew that as uncomfortable as that was going to make me because I didn't want to hurt or be feel vulnerable, I had to address those things head on through my slow, because it was slow, but worthwhile journey back that I'm still in right now. I've really focused on a few key things that I want to share with you. First, my daily habit was to be dependent on the past as a way to evaluate the present situation I was in. And this was a habit. I didn't realize I was doing it. And what that means is that my past experiences were always clouding the current situation I was in uh, because I was comparing everything. And that would keep me or put me back into a survival state 
if my past experience that I was comparing it to didn't turn out well. So I started paying attention to when I became triggered. And God bless the millennials and the Jed Zeds for this beautiful word triggered that I have never, as a Gen X woman, I would never heard of until the millennials. So thank you. Any millennials listening out there, thank you for your ability to like give names to these feelings. And trigger is a great one that's really helped me because when I become triggered, and this for me most often looks like defensiveness or feeling panicky or or that I start people-pleasing and saying yes without thinking it through, or I feel thoughts of blame and I start to feel resentful. Those, that's when I know that I'm being triggered. So the second thing I did was that anytime I noticed that I was feeling those feelings, and at first I hardly ever noticed, I was just triggered and I was like freaking out, um, but now I'm starting to notice them more and more. And sometimes I notice them before they actually start to physically, I physically express it. I just feel it in my body. Um, and this is a big win in my book to notice them before they actually express themselves outwardly. So high five me, yay. <laughs> um, but when I did notice, I knew something was up. So my next step my third thing was to acknowledge it. And I would say aloud to myself, I am triggered right now. To let it know, let myself know, let that triggered feeling know that I was hearing it and that it was, I was hearing that it was trying to tell me something. And that for once, I was actually listening. And then once noticed, I did this really cool thing called welcoming the feeling. And it's this great, empowering, and cool concept that I learned from Rhonda Byrne in her latest book, The Greatest Secret. And it's really been working for me. To me, welcoming my triggered feeling means that instead of trying to stop it from happening, pushing it away or distracting myself so that I don't feel it, I say out loud to it and don't laugh, but this is what I say. I'm like, welcome, for example, irritation. I'm ready to feel you. Let me know what you need me to learn. And I know it might sound weird, but honestly, it really works because when I welcome the shitty feelings, they, they'll they initially swell up, but then just as quickly they disintegrate. Like when you get a really big bubble as a kid and as soon as it leaves the wand, it pops. So it gets really big as you're pushing the air through it. it uh, detaches from the bubble and immediately pops and you're bummed out. In this case, I'm not bummed out because this these feelings, they disintegrate and it's it's beautiful. And then the last thing that has helped me through this process is to actively reinforce the thought that although I feel like I am unsafe, I take a look around and I realize that I actually am safe, that I am supported, and that the story I'm telling myself is based in past experiences that I'm projecting into the moment. And if I really observe my current situation, I see that, you know, it's true. I am safe in the present moment. You know, of course, at first, this process also involved a lot of crying and a lot of uncomfortableness, and it wasn't easy. But the longer I did it, the less crying I did. And now I feel a whole lot worse if I don't do it. So it's become a priority to try to do it, to try to notice, right? Notice that I am basing my current situation in the past and that it's triggering me. And then welcoming these feelings instead of trying to shove them aside. And then reminding myself that after I assess the situation, wait a second, yes, I actually am safe. It's really, really helped me in the moment 
you know, self-soothe and regulate and get myself back and get myself some clarity. And I know that everyone is stuck for many different reasons. And some people have really, truly difficult and painful things that they're going through. And some people may have some very small scale reasons for being stuck. I personally was somewhere in the middle. But what I do know is that we are all experiencing varying levels of feeling of unsafe at the root of our stuckness. Let me say that again. At the root of our stuckness, we are all sharing the common feeling of being unsafe. And I know that while we can't control external circumstances, you know, at the very least we can work on ourselves and we can make it a priority to make ourselves feel safe. Whatever that looks like for you, take some time, think about it. You know, for me, it was what I listed out for you. It could be something different. But I invite you to look at that, look inwards and see what makes me feel safe. Is it petting my cat? Is it going for a walk outside? Is it listening to an inspiring podcast? Is it listening to a meditation? Is it listening to music? Because making a priority, making it a priority to make ourselves feel safe is the first step to moving through and then eventually past our stuckness. So it's, it's something that has made a huge difference in my life. And I am forever grateful for how much it has afforded me the strength to begin moving forward again in small steps every day. And each small step leads me back to who I really am. And each day I feel more and more like myself. And this is what I wish for you, if you're feeling stuck, if you're somewhere, take a look at this idea and see if it resonates with you and see if it helps you move forward. And if it does, I'd love to hear about it. You can find me on Instagram at at Catherine Bisland, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N, Bisland, B-I-S-L-A-N-D. Send me a DM and let me know where you are in your stuckness and how this resonates with you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening.